0: So, hey, Jesus, why do bad things happen to good people? The number one question I get as a pastor or some version of it, I think it's probably the number one question that people ask in reference to God and life, and it's only a matter of time before you're going to ask that question or some version of it. It's the classic debate. It's been going on for centuries, even millennia. It's the atomic bomb that skeptics like to toss out into a conversation and say, well, yeah, what about this? What about bad things that happen to good people? And honestly, it's why many people have chosen to walk away from faith. And maybe that has brought you to a point where you're this close, because you can't reconcile this question. You've asked this question when you look at the world and what's going on around us. It's crazy, right? All the pain and suffering we see. Maybe you asked the question when you look at what's going on in a friend's life or a loved one. Or when you look at children, little children. You know, we consider children precious and innocent and The atrocities in this world that happen to children that just break our hearts. We ask this question in reference to that. Or maybe for you, you're looking in the mirror. I mean, I think we've all had our moments when we look at what's going on in our own lives and you're going, why? Why do things like this happen to people like me? It's really a cry for God, why won't you do something? Why won't you fix this? Why won't you stop this? Why won't you change this? Or maybe why have you allowed it at all in the first place? To be honest, even though we may not come out and say it like this, it's, a, it's an indictment on God and what we would do differently if we were God you probably won't say it like that. But what's behind it is, well, if I were God, and I don't understand because I can't see why God, and if I tell you what I would do, and it's very presumptuous, isn't it? But it's very human and normal and natural for us to wrestle with it. What's interesting is that we have words in our vocabulary, in our dictionary, to describe bad things that happen to bad people, When bad things happen to bad people, we use words like um, karma, consequences. You may even use the word justice to describe when bad things happen to people who, well, they had it coming. But what about good people? And how good do you have to be in order to be exempt from the bad things that are happening? You ever thought about that? I mean, like, where's the line? How good do you have to be in order to be exempt from the things that are happening to you and happening to other people and happening in the world? Again, you you probably wouldn't say it out loud, but you just assume the line is me. The line is me. The line is, yeah, well, I mean, I'm not perfect. Don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect, but I didn't deserve that. And they're not perfect, but... They didn't deserve that. Think about Jesus for a minute. Jesus is perfect. Jesus on earth was completely perfect. Never did anything wrong, said anything wrong, or even thought anything wrong. And look what happened to him. I mean, the cross. Are you kidding me? Death by Roman crucifixion. And he was completely innocent. In fact, I think it's so important for us to begin here. And this may be uncomfortable and this may be hard to stomach, but here is the truth. Our faith is founded on this reality, that the worst possible thing in history happened to the best possible person in history. The worst possible thing, death by Roman crucifixion, the worst way anybody could die, happened to the best possible person. Not just someone who was good, someone who was perfect, completely innocent. The reason we have faith, the reason there is a Jesus to follow at all, is because the worst possible thing happened to the best possible person. That puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. You say, well, well yeah, but that's, that's Jesus, man. I mean, come on, he kind of came and signed up for this and I ain't Jesus. Well, no, you're not. Neither am I, but at least you know you're not alone in this. At least you know that it's not just you. Life's just not picking on you. You're not a victim when it comes to this. It's not just me. It's not just you. It's not just us. It's all of us, even Jesus himself best possible person, the worst possible thing, happened to him. So, why? Why? There's a picture we often have of God that I, I want to address real, real quick before we can answer some of these things. And we need to get rid of this picture, this image of God, out of our brains, out of our thinking. We, we often think that God is just kind of handing out stuff to people, assigning stuff to people. And we assume that because we say things like, you know, well, God has a plan and God has a plan. And yes, that is true. But, but we think of it like this. We think that God is like in heaven somewhere at this massive control board with buttons and levers and our names are on them. And he's just pushing buttons and pulling levers and going, you know, cancer for you, heart attack for you, airplane crash for you, uh, you're going you're gonna to lose your job, uh, you're going to have two failed marriages, you're going to make, and you guys are Panthers fans, so your team will never win the Super Bowl. <laughs> right? He's just pushing and pulling, pushing and pulling, you know, like, kind of like, you know, like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, and he's just pulling on, he's just making it. whoa. It's not true. It's not true. That, that is not a reality of what God is doing. So get rid of that. It's not that God is just up there handing out crap to people. And sometimes it's just going to come your way. No. So why? Why do bad things happen to good people? Let me just volley out there some possible explanations. This is not going to fix it. It's not going to change it. But here's some things to consider. You could say that bad things happen to good people because of the presence of evil in the world. And that would be a true statement. Because there are evil people who do evil things in this world. You with me? And there is an evil one we call Satan. And so there is evil in the world. And sometimes the presence of evil is something we can point at. And maybe you're at a point where you're going, hey, but why doesn't God just get rid of all evil? Why doesn't God just annihilate evil? Why doesn't God just kind of say enough, no more? And I mean, because if I were God, I'll tell you what I would do. I would just take care of that whole category. And then nobody would have to worry with this ever again. Yeah. But number one, one day he will. That's the promise. That's the hope we'll see that in men. One day he will take care of all evil. But until then, right? I mean, you're like, can we just fast forward it? Hmm. Think of this. We often forget this. There's evil inside of me. And there's evil inside of you. And sometimes we cause pain and suffering in the lives of those around us. And we are unloving and we are unkind. So if God just annihilated all evil, we'd be toast. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. He's just not saying, all evil is out. Even though that causes a lot of problems, right? Evil in the world. Why? Well, sometimes we make unwise choices and we sin. We do things we shouldn't do. We say things we shouldn't say. kind of goes with the evil thing. Sometimes people bring it on themselves. Sometimes, not, not always, sometimes we get in our own way and the natural consequences of our stupid, unwise choices brings about even though we're a really good person, right? We're really, and, and they're not a bad person, but bad things happen. That's, that's possible too. Another reason would be um, life happens earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, disasters, disease, accidents, life happens. And on planet Earth, it's just a reality. Here's another option God is testing and training us. <laughs> Whew, this is uncomfortable right here. Like, why would God, I get it, I get it, I feel that too. But it doesn't change it. It doesn't change the fact that, and we look in the scriptures and God has done things like that and anything God has done, God can do and God does do. And so we look at this and go, maybe God is testing us, training us, preparing us for something, protecting us from something. Possible. Possible even though it is an uncomfortable thing to wrestle with. But here's, here's to me what is often the most realistic. We don't know. Why do bad things happen to you, to your friends in the world, to innocent children? Why? Why are these things happening? We just don't know. How's that for a theologically astute answer? And God doesn't tell us. Here's the thing to understand. We don't have acceptable explanations for why bad things happen to good people. Often, there's just not an acceptable answer. It's the most common answer I give to people when this topic comes up as a pastor. I don't know. I, I just don't know. I wish I could tell you, but I don't know. But here's the reality. If I did know, do you think it would help? Is there an acceptable answer? Are these acceptable answers? Even though these may be true, and it may be one or it may be a combination of these, but none of these takes the pain away. I talked to a family not long ago, even in the last few days, who tragically lost their daughter in a car accident. And we were talking about this, and I was like, do any of these explanations make your pain go away? Does any of these get you to the point in life where you go, well, now that I know this, bring it on. No. There's no acceptable explanation for pain and suffering that makes it okay. And that is why some people walk away. And that is why some people just... That's it, and they pack up their bags, and they go, I'm done with church, and I'm done with Christianity, and I'm done with all these things. that's, yeah. But see, here's the challenge. If you do that, if you walk away from faith, you have a bigger problem on your hands. And that is where to find hope, where to find help, where to find purpose in all of it. And here's the kicker. You're still gonna have pain. You're still gonna go through suffering. Bad things are still going to happen to you. And now you don't have God to look to, to lean on, and faith to stabilize you. Good luck with that. Why? Why? Here's something that helps me. I, I give this to you not because it fixes anything, but because this has given me handlebars, okay, to try to ride through this question with, and hopefully it'll give you the same Most of life is a struggle. Most of life is a struggle. Not all of life, but most of it. The majority of life is simply a struggle. I'm not being a pessimist. I'm not being gloom and doom. I'm just being very real and upfront and honest with you. This has been my experience. This has been my experience personally. This has been my experience as a pastor for 30 years as I have walked with people and journeyed with people. This is what I've seen in their lives. And if you're honest, I think you would... Eventually, eventually, maybe there's a few of you out there that go, I don't know if I believe that. Come on, come on, come on. I think my life's pretty good. Okay, but eventually, you'll hurt bad enough long enough. And if you ever hurt bad enough, deep enough, long enough, you will come to the conclusion most of life is a struggle. And it's not just, well, you're going to hit a few bumps along the way. No, it's the way is bumpy, the road is hard. Most of life is a struggle. It's very much like the game of football. And it is Super Bowl Sunday. Listen very carefully to this. When you're watching football, what we get excited about is the scoring, right? Putting points on the board, getting into the end zone, get the ball in the end zone. Yay, seven points, here we go, you know, kind of thing. That's what we get excited about. That's why we really watch you know the game because we want to win. But you know that scoring is just a minute part, just a small part of the game of football and it happens in the 10 yards on this side of the field and the 10 yards on this side of the field in the end zone. Scoring. And it only takes just a moment. Boop! They score, you know, yay! And they do all the dances and everything and, and then it's over. You know what the game of football is really about? A hundred yards of blocking, tackling, and hitting and run for your freaking life. <laughs> That's what the game of football is and being hit and blocked and tackled and other people chasing you, right? That's what, and and then at the end, boop, 10 yard score, yay, and then back to hit and block and tackle for 100 yards. That's life, my friends. We wanna live in the end zone. We, We think God has promised us just end zone experiences, but no, 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 no. The reality of life is that it is a hit and block and tackle time and time and time and time again let me let me show you something did you know that in the in, in the bible that the old testament of the bible has two sections the old testament and the new testament talks about the old covenant and the new covenant as the old testament and new testament did you know that the old testament and the new testament both begin with the subject of pain and suffering and how we deal with it they do Now, not chronologically, when you open up your Bible, the first book in the Old Testament is the book of Genesis for obvious reasons, because it's the book of beginnings. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. here we get started. But it's not the oldest book. Just because it's listed first is not the oldest. The oldest book in the Old Testament, theologians and historians tell us, is the book of Job, J-O-B. It's spelled like job, but pronounced Job. Job's story is a story of immense suffering and pain. Immense. He lost everything, not because he was bad or did something wrong. It's actually, I don't have time to get into this right now, but this is a mind blower. It's actually because he was so good. And here's what Job said. Not because he had a bad attitude, because Job's just calling it like he saw it. How frail is humanity, how short is life, how full of trouble. When it comes to life and trouble, life is full of it. Full of trouble. Wow. Did you know that the New Testament begins very much the same way? Now, when you open up the Bible and you read the New Testament, it begins with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the stories of Jesus' life. And for obvious reasons, because Jesus is the main character, right? But the earliest written part of the New Testament is the book of James, James, the brother of Jesus, who was the first leader of the first church in the first century. He wrote the first letter to the first group of Christians and the first topic. topic—lots that's a lot of firsts. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. Not if, if, but when. This is how he started. This is how the New Testament really begins, is this. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, that's not like every now and then it's gonna be a little bumpy. It's just like it's, it's gonna be bumpy. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I'm telling you, most of life is a struggle. The sooner you get that and accept that, the better off you're going to be able to process what happens to you and what you experience in life. Most of life is a struggle. Don't be surprised. Don't think life is picking on you. Don't think God is picking on you. This is life on planet Earth for now. Even Jesus said it. In Jesus' some of his final conversations with his followers, here's how Jesus said it. Jesus said, here on Earth you will have many trials and sorrows. Many trials and sorrows. Now, we'll come back to this in a minute, but he said, take heart, don't freak out. I will overcome the world. So that's the good news. But the reality is, until that point, until that time, you will have many trials and sorrows. Have you ever wondered why there's so many promises in the Bible about peace and strength and hope? Because evidently, we're going to need a whole lot of peace and strength and hope. Because most of life is a struggle. Have you ever wondered why in the Bible over and over again it talks about overcoming and enduring and persevering? Evidently, we're going to have to do a whole lot of overcoming, enduring, and persevering because most of life is a struggle. Here's what I want you to know. We must journey with and often sit with suffering. journey with it, and sit with it. And I wouldn't be a faithful pastor if I didn't tell you this. It's the unavoidable context of life on earth. It is our human experience for now. The sooner you accept that you're gonna have to journey with pain and suffering, and sometimes it's gonna be bad enough long enough, you're gonna have to sit with it. You can't make it go away. You can't pray it away, hope it away. You're in it. And the only way is through it. This is personal to me. As it is to many of you. Um, I think of my wife, Donna. When you think of good people, when I think of good people, there is none gooder. She's the goodest of any person I know. Best person I know, period. And I look at what she's gone through with her health struggle for years. And especially over the last seven months, just excruciating stuff. And we've prayed and we've prayed and we continue to pray. And some of you have prayed and you're continuing to pray and thank you for praying. And still no notable change. And It's not because we don't have faith. No, we believe God can do anything. It's not because of that. It's not because she's not trying. We're trying everything. It's not because she's not positive. She just needs to look on the bright side. You won't find a more positive person. My wife is so positive, she's annoyingly positive sometimes. I just like to complain sometimes. no, Looking on the bright side, she'll blind you with the bright side of things. I'm telling you. The other day she was praying. She prays out loud a lot. That means I hear what she prays for often. And the other day, she was praying for one of you. I can't remember which one of you, because she prays for a lot of you by name, out loud. And you don't even know it. She was praying for one of you the other day that was going through something very difficult. And here's what I heard her say from the other room. And when I heard her say this, it felt like someone punched me in the deepest part of my gut. She said, God, could you please do for them what you are not doing for me? See that just doesn't feel good, does it? You're like, what? What? That's not the version of Christianity. That's not what I signed up for. You may be thinking, what's up with that? That's jacked up. That is not the version. What happened to hashtag blessed? What happened to living my best life now? Because I'm a follower of Jesus. I believe in Jesus. What about things going my way, baby? Where'd you get that? Where'd you hear that? Where did you hear that the Christian life was about that? Maybe some author. But you didn't get that from Jesus. What you get from Jesus is, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. See, the reality is, pain and suffering drive us to believe more deeply than we ever wanted to have to learn how to believe to trust more deeply than we ever wanted to have to learn how to trust. And maybe that's where some of you are. Maybe some of you don't have a freaking clue what I'm talking about right now. But on the day you hurt long enough and deep enough, this is for you. See, there are two things that are both equally true, even though they seem contradictory. They don't seem like they both can be true at the same time and place and space, but they are. And it's this right here. Bad things happen. You already know that. We've already talked about that. And God is real and loving and kind at the same time. They feel like they contradict one another, right? No, no. Bad things happen and God is real and loving and kind. Don't assume that God is not real just because bad things happen. Because again, what are you left with? You got to try to figure out how to handle the bad things that are going to still happen to you without God and the hope and the perspective and the purpose and the peace and the power that comes from that. The big picture of that. So you want to assume that God is not real and you certainly don't want to be so self-absorbed that you assume that God is not loving and kind just because things are not going your way. How self-centered is that? No, the truth is, is that the presence of God is not the absence of suffering. But what is also true is that the presence of suffering does not mean the absence of God. The sooner that you can get to the place where as bad as it feels and as uncomfortable as it is, without explanations that make sense of all of it, is to reckon, or even when you can't reconcile it, to find a comfortable place as much as possible with these two realities. The bad things are going to happen to me, to them, to us, to the world, and yet, God is real, God is loving, God is kind. The sooner we get there, the better off we're going to be.
1: Sometimes we just don't. And sometimes babies die. Sometimes rehab turns to relapse. And you're left just asking why. And for all the prayers I've prayed. I still wonder if he's real. And if he is, how is he choosing who he does and doesn't heal. I've tried to run from Jesus. I started holy wars. I've tried the patient waiting in the kicking down the doors. I've cursed his name in anger with my fist raised to the sky. And in return, all these heaven not been his kind. I've burned my fair share of bridges, learned to tuck my tail and run. Watch the wreckage in the rear view from all the crooked things I've done. I know that He forgives me, but it's hard to forgive myself. I can't help but think that amazing grace is for everybody else. I've tried to run from Jesus, I've started holy wars I've tried the patient waiting and the kicking down the doors I've cursed His name in anger with my fist raised to the sky In return, all He's ever been is kind look up at the cross I see the darkest day in history I guess that's what kindness caused I tried to run from Jesus I started holy wars I tried the patient waiting in the kicking down the doors He knows I don't deserve it but he's never changed his mind. And in return, all he's ever been is kind. All he's ever been is kind.
0: So what do we know? What can we know? For those of you that are wrestling with this question, and for you, some of you, it may just be a philosophical meandering. For others of you, you're living it. And it always seems to be the case that there's just a few of us out there at some point in all of our lives that seem to have had way more than their share of bad stuff. So what can we know? When bad things happen to good people, what do we know? Well, we've talked about it. Evil and suffering are real for all, for everybody. Nobody's exempt. On planet Earth, it's not because, not because you haven't prayed enough. It's not because you don't have enough faith. It's because, not because you screwed up somehow. I mean, yes, sometimes there are consequences. We talked about that. But in the big picture of things, it's going to happen eventually to everybody. Here's something else we can do. That God uses struggle to shape us. Oh, This is a raw reality, I don't like this. You don't like this, but we know it's true. There is nothing like pain and suffering that helps us become more like Jesus. You, you know it, we know it. It's true in life, it's true in business, it's true in education, it's true in sports. In fact, you may hear it today. I'll start it, you finish it. No pain, no gain. See, we know it. There's nothing like the struggle to shape us into who God wants to help us become. Here's the other thing we can know. God's not finished yet. He's not finished yet. Your story ain't over yet. He's still at work. God is, listen, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what some of you have experienced. I I don't know. But I know this. God's not finished at work in your life. And here's how I know it. Because you ain't dead yet. And if you ain't dead, he ain't done. Doing whatever it is he's trying to do to help you become who he wants you to become. Well, I got questions I don't understand, and I don't know why, yeah, me too. Such is the plight of human experience and journeying with and sitting with suffering. But be encouraged, God is not finished yet in your life. He's not finished yet in the lives of other people through your pain and suffering. Listen, we don't have time to get into this, but you know it's true. God will often use what you go through to help somebody else. And you know that's true because you've had the opposite experience where something somebody else has gone through, they've been able to speak into your life and encourage you and help you along the way. See, God's not done. He's not finished. He's not finished in the world. Here's what we also can know. It's not always going to be this way. Take heart. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. It will not always be this way. There is a kingdom coming. And when God sets up his kingdom on earth, he says that he will make all things new. And in spite of all the pain and the suffering and the issues, there will be a day in the future when he will do that. And our conclusion will be he does all things. Things well See, God is not okay with the way things are he's not okay leaving things the way they are it won't always be this way take heart and one more thing maybe the biggest thing we can know you can know God is with us God is with you, even when it doesn't feel like it, seem like it. You can't pinpoint it. You may not be able to measure it. And it may make no sense at all. But the greatest promise in all the Bible, in all the scriptures, is the promise of his presence. I am with you. Jesus said it over and over and over and over again. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You are not alone. I am with you. Old Testament, he kept telling Israel over and over again, I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. New Testament, telling the Christians over and over again, I am with you. I am with you. The power of the presence of God is the greatest promise. God is with you. How does this hit you? For some of you, it's personal. I think eventually it will be. Some of you are so angry right now. You're angry. You're angry at God. Oh, you're so frustrated with God. You're bitter. You know what? I've been angry too. It's okay. Your heavenly father can handle it. It doesn't disrupt the cosmos and what God is up to because one of his kids gets miffed. Yeah. And yet, even through our anger, he is kind to us. Be honest. Some of you are this close from packing up your toys and going to play somewhere else. Some of you are this close from walking away, this close from saying, that's it, I'm done. I I heard you were gonna talk about this question today and I showed up because I thought you would have an answer. I thought you would have a fix. I'm sorry. I can't give you an acceptable explanation that makes your pain okay. But I can promise you, He's not finished. I can promise you it won't always be this way. I can promise you that He is with us. He is with you. And if you're this close from walking away, first of all, you need to know I've been this close from walking away. From walking off, there have been Sundays I wanted to walk off this stage and keep walking. And keep walking. I get it. You're not alone in this. And yet, And yet we know that even though suffering is real, and yet we know that even though struggle shapes us, he's with us. So even though I can't fix this for you, and I wish I could, here's what I can do. I can point us to the truth found in the writings of Paul the Apostle to a group of people who knew pain and suffering Written by a guy, Paul, who knew pain and suffering. He wrote to the Romans in the first century, sit with these words, just sit, just soak this up. Yet what we suffer now, what you suffer now, even though it's big, and I'm not cheapening it, it's, it's really nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. We're just not at later yet. You know, the creation looks forward to that day too when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. Boy, won't that be something? And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good. He didn't say that everything is good. Some things are gonna be bad, but he causes everything. He's not finished yet. And he works it to the good of those who are called, who love God and are called according to his purpose for them So what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? And what could ever be against us? Since he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? He's not done. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Listen, does it mean he no longer loves you? If you have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death no despite all these things and all your things and all their things and all of everything overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us and I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love Nothing? Yep, nothing. Look at this. Neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons. Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. That pretty much covers it, doesn't it? Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. Our Lord. Let us pray. Our Father, this is real and raw as it gets. We don't just have bumps along the way, the journey of life is just bumpy. And it's what you told us to expect on this side of eternity. So Father, help my friends, my brothers and sisters, your children who are wrestling with why and what to do next. And even though all of us will go through something, there are those who've certainly had more than their fair share. And there's no acceptable explanation that makes it okay. So we come back to what we know. We come back to what we can be assured of. And that's you. And your power. In your work. In our lives and in the world. And more importantly, your presence. So even though I don't know all the pain and I can't see all the suffering, you do and you can. And Father, even though we can't reconcile the reality that bad things happen and you are real and loving and kind, help us to just rest in the reality that you are with us. And it won't always be this way. And you're not finished yet. And you do all things well. Give us grace and peace and strength. Father, we believe you can do anything. You can heal, you can change, you can fix, you can stop, whatever. And until the day, that wonderful, glorious day, when you make all things new, may we trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen.